Fourth of July weekend, everybody. Come on. And I'm telling you, I did not know they were going to do that video before the nine o'clock service. It messed me up, like messed my whole sermon up and everything. I'm just kidding, man. Thank you so much for, for uh, doing that and celebrating this incredible 40th birthday. I got one more sermon today. I don't turn 40 till Tuesday, so I got one more 39 sermon in me. Let's see if we can make it great. And thank you so much for celebrating that with us and then celebrating today, just being here, 4th of July weekend. I know there's all kinds of places that you could be and somebody going to leave right now after service is over and you're going to hit the lake and you're going to go on vacations and trips and all that but you made it a point to be in the house of God this morning I think you ought to give yourselves a big hand for that come on awesome And I'm super excited today to start this brand new series that we're going to be doing today and through the month of July called 5, 10, 15, 20. So everybody look at your neighbor, prove to them that you can count by fives and just go 5, 10, 15, 20. 5, 10, 15, 20. Some of you are going, what is that all about? Some of you have been wondering all week since I announced it last week, what is that all about? And so let me just clear clear it all up for you right now. We have four goals for this series. So everybody say four goals. Four goals for this series and for the month of July. And those four goals are kind of encompassed in this title, 5, 10, 15, 20. The first goal is the five goals. So everybody say five. Five. And the five is this, is that beginning this morning and for the next five weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to have five different memory scriptures that we are going to, as a church, memorize together. In fact, each week I'm going to share with you the scripture. We're going to preach on that scripture. And then through this month of July, we're going to memorize five scriptures together. How many think you can do that? Come on, let me hear you, right? And that's the five. Now the 10 is this. Everybody say 10. The 10 is this, is that I'm challenging every one of you that through the rest of this month, you got like 28 more days through July the 31st, that every single day, everybody say every day, every single day that you would open up your Bibles and read it for 10 minutes. All right, how many could do that? 10 minutes, it's not even that long. Some of you spend longer than that in the shower, right? I mean, just open up your Bible, read it for 10 minutes. That's the 10. And then this is what we're going to do, the 15. Everybody say 15. The 15 is this, that this month, the month of July, for the last several summers, what we have done is just kind of set the month of July aside as kind of Bible month. And what we have done is during the month of July, we focus on the scripture, on getting the scripture in us, learning how to study and read the scripture, but also getting the scripture to people in the world that don't have access to the word of God. So here's what we're going to do. In fact, through this month, through the program that we are a part of called Fire Bible, what we are doing is we're actually doing our part as a church to translate Bibles into languages that don't have a Bible in their translation. In fact, I've shared this with you the last several summers. There are somewhere around 300 different languages, major languages in the world that still do not have the Bible translated into their native language. And so through Fire Bible, what we are doing is we are making sure and giving access to people in the world that don't have the Bible in their language. So here's what the 15 stands for. It costs about $10 to translate a Bible. So here's what I'm challenging everybody. Everybody say everybody. 
That's what I'm challenging every single family here at LifeGate to do this month in July is to give 15 fire Bibles. How many think that we could do that, right? So that just turned, that just kind of equals up to be $150 per family. Some of you could do more than that. Some of you are going, I can't do that. Well, guess what? That really turns out to only be about $5 a day. Some of you spend more than that on sodas and coffee and stuff like that. And if every single day you just set something aside and we could go five, we were memorized five scriptures, 10. We're going to spend 10 minutes a day reading God's word, 15. Every family in the church is going to give 15 fire Bibles. And here's what's going to happen at the end of the month, the 20. Are you ready for this? Come on. I don't think you're ready for this. The 20 is this. I'm believing that in the month of July, at the end of the month on on July the 31st, we're going to have a special fire Bible offering and we are going to give $20,000 to fire Bible. Come on. Like the nine o'clock service was a whole lot more excited about that than the 1025. All right, we're going to do it. Come on, somebody say, I can do it. We can do it. And here's what we're going to do is we're going to take God's word and we're going to, man, we're going to get a love for God's word deep down in our heart. And then we are going to distribute God's word to people around the world because that's the vision of LifeGate Church, right? Isn't that our vision? Changing lives in a changing culture with what? With the unchanging truth. And what is the unchanging truth? It's God's word and we're going to get it in our heart and we're going to get it to people around the world that don't have access to it. So how many are ready to jump into this thing? Come on, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Well, if you're ready, why don't you go ahead and get your notes out, get your Bible app out, get your get your Bible out, whatever you have. And we're going to start with our very first scripture today that we're going to memorize is found in the book of Proverbs chapter, chapter 7 and verse 2 and 3 is going to be on the screen there for you. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to read it aloud together and we're probably going to read it about two or three times so we can start to get it in our mind and get it in our heart. All right. You ready? One, two, three. Let's read it together. One, two, three. Guard my words as your most precious possession. Write them down and also keep them within your heart. Let's do it again. Guard my words as your most precious possession. Write them down and also keep them within your heart. One more time. Guard my words as your most precious possession. Write them down and also keep them within your heart. All right. The word of God says, that we should guard his word as our most precious possession. Now let's be honest for just a second here today. Most people, probably even Christians, God's word is probably not their most precious possession. I mean, think about it. The word of God says it should be, but think about it. I mean, if your house was on fire, right? Just imagine your house is on fire and the fireman says, you've got two minutes to go inside and get whatever you can get in two minutes. Run in there and get whatever you can be. Let's be honest. Most people, it probably wouldn't be their Bible that they would grab. Unless you count your phone that has a Bible app on it. But most of us, we would run in and we, we might grab our stash of money or we might grab some, some family heirlooms or some pictures or some jewelry or, or whatever. And, and some of you might be your Xbox or your golf clubs. Come on, I don't know what it is. But, but many of us, our most precious possession is not necessarily God's word. And yet God said his word, the scripture, ought to be so precious to us that it is like the most precious possession that we have. Guard my words as your most precious possession. Write them down. Everybody say, write them down. 
here's the good news this morning is that we don't have to write them down because they have already been written down for us. But the word of God goes on to say, and also keep them where? Keep them within your hearts. How do we keep God's word within our heart? You know, there's really only way, one way that I know to keep God's word in our heart. And that is a word that, that's one of those things that kind of is a little scary for us sometimes because we don't really like to do it. And it takes a little work. But that is the word memorize. So everybody say memorize. And I know, I can see, I can see it in your eyes today. You're going, oh, pastor, you don't know me. Like, I can't memorize stuff. Like, I mean, I just have a terrible memory, and I didn't do good in school, and I didn't do good on tests, and I don't know how to memorize stuff. And I go, really? Like, really? You don't know how to memorize stuff? Then how, how, how come it is that you could, you, could, you could repeat after this, or I'd stop, collaborate, and listen? Come on, right? I mean... You tell me, you tell me you don't know how to memorize stuff. I mean, you're not a memorized stuff in West Philadelphia, born and raised. Right? Come on, tell me you don't know. Here's a story of a lovely lady. Right? I mean, all right, we go, we go, I can't memorize, I don't know stuff. Yeah, right. You, you get stuff in your, in your heart and in your mind, you memorize stuff. I mean, some of you go, I can't memorize stuff. And you, you know every single player on the Texas Rangers, and you know their batting order and their batting average, and you're going, I don't memorize stuff. And you're planning your vacation trip, and you already know everything you're going to do on every day, and you've got it all, and you got it all in your mind. And then we go, but I can't memorize God's word. And here's what I say is that it's really just a matter of priority. It's a matter of what's important to us because if something is important to us, man, we get it in our heart and we get it in our mind. And I'm telling you, when we get God's word in our heart and in our mind, it begins to change us from the inside out. And so that's the goal of this series. The goal of this series is that we would begin to see God's word as our most precious possession, that we would begin to fall in love with the scripture, to fall in love with God's word, that we would begin to get it inside of us that it would begin to change us but not only would we get it in us and let it change us but that we would get it out to the world to people who don't have access to it so how many say i'm ready to do that right i'm ready all right so here's what we're going to do we're going to start today we're just talking about what are the benefits what are the benefits of memorizing God's word? Why should we memorize God's word? Well, if you have your notes, go ahead and pull them out. We're just going to talk about today four benefits to memorizing God's word. Why should we memorize God's word? The first one is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. When I memorize God's word, here's what it does. It gives me a weapon. Everybody say weapon. It gives me a weapon. A weapon to fight temptation. How many of you find yourself sometimes battling some temptation in your life? Some stuff you don't want to do and you do it anyway and all that. And sometimes we wind up falling over and over to the same temptations in life. And the reason that we fall into those same temptations over and over and over is because we don't have the weapon of the word of God available to us. But look what the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12. Look what it says about God's word. It says, for the word of God is what? Is alive. And 
active, sharper than any what? Any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. The scripture says that God's word is a weapon. It's like, it's like a sword. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul talked about how we're in a battle and it's not a physical battle, but it's a spiritual battle against the, against the powers of the air, against evil spirits, but that God has given us a way to win that battle by taking up what, what Paul calls the sword of the spirit, which is what? Which is the word of God. God's word is our weapon to help us to battle against the temptations that we face in life. Now, how many know you wouldn't go to a sword fight without a sword? Like that wouldn't, that probably wouldn't be good, right? And yet that's the way many Christians live. They live their lives like in this battle and yet they're not equipped for the battle. They don't have their weapon because they don't have the word of God deep down inside their hearts. And we're getting, we're getting beat up by the enemy and we fall to the same temptations over and over and over and over again. And it's because we're not equipped for the battle. And if we want to equip ourselves for the battle, we've got to get God's word down in our hearts. In fact, if you think about Jesus, remember, remember when, when Jesus had gone to be baptized and after he was baptized, he went off into the wilderness and he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And you remember the Bible says that, that he was hungry. Well, duh, he was hungry. He hadn't eaten in 40 days and 40 nights. And remember what happens. The enemy comes in his, in his moment of weakness to begin to try to, to tempt him. And you remember. Remember, remember what he did, like when the enemy is tempting him, he didn't go, well, hang on just a second. Let me like pull out my Bible app. I know there's a scripture about that somewhere. Let me, let me Google it and see if I can, see if I can find it. No, 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 no. What did he do? He said, it is written. He had the word of God already in his heart and already in his mind so that when the time of temptation came, he was able to win the battle. The truth of the matter is, guys, that when temptation comes, you don't have time to pull out your phone. You don't have time to Google. Oh, I know there's a scripture about that somewhere. No, 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 no. You've got to have his word in your hearts. In fact, this is what David was talking about in this passage of scripture in Psalm 119 and verse number 9. Look what he says. He says, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. For I have tried to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. For I have, look at verse number 11. I have what? I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. David says, here's how I win the battle of temptation. I take the weapon, the word of God, and I put it in my heart so that I will be prepared when the time of temptation comes. Some of you even right now, you're, you're battling with some temptations. And let me just tell you, what you need is you need God's word in your heart. In fact, next week, we're going we're gonna to focus on this passage of scripture. And we're going to talk about how do we use God's word to help us to win the battle and temptation. You, you need to be here next week. Come on, right? It's a weapon. Number two, write this down. It gives us wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Why do we, why do we need God's word? Why do we need to memorize God's word? Because it gives us wisdom. To make good decisions. Now I want, you to, I want you to think about this for just a minute. Imagine that you could have an appointment with the wisest person in the world. 
I mean, imagine you could sit down with them and you could pick their brain. You could learn from their experience and learn from their wisdom and learn from the things that they have learned. How many would like to have that kind of meeting, right? You want to be, well, guess what? You can have that kind of meeting. In fact, the Bible talks about the wisest person who ever lived, a man named Solomon, who actually wrote a book that is right here in the word of God, the book of Proverbs that is available to us every single day. I mean, think about this. Imagine that you could sit down with a king and not just any king, but like the greatest king who ever lived. Imagine those of you that are business, uh, business owners or those of you that are leading your families or leading ministries. Imagine you could sit down with this incredible leader, this king that led an incredible nation. Imagine you could learn from his experience and learn from his, his life and you could have an appointment with him. How many would like to have that kind of an appointment? Well, guess what? That appointment is available to us. In fact, there's a guy who was the greatest king ever. The, 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 his name was David, and he, his life was written about in the book of Kings and Chronicles, and he wrote a book in the book of Psalms, and we can open that up and find the wisdom for our lives. I mean, just imagine that you could sit down with the greatest dreamer and the greatest innovator and the greatest, most strategic planner of all time and sit down and learn from them. Well, guess what? You can because a man named Joseph who had an incredible dream, an incredible strategic planner who his story was written for us in the book of Genesis. Imagine if you have a marriage that is broken down or you have a family that is broken or you have a a business or, or some area of your life is broken. Imagine you could learn learn from a man who took a wall that had been broken down for 140 years and in 52 days they rebuilt the wall. Well, guess what? You can learn from that man. It's a man named Nehemiah. There's a whole book written about him and in his name. This is the wisdom that is available to us through God's word. Some of you are here today and you're going, man, I I have no idea what I should be doing with my life. Like, Like maybe you even feel like you're walking around in in darkness and you're going man I'm just I'm stumbling around here and there and I don't know should I take this job or not take that job or should I should I make that investment or should we buy that house or what should I do about this relationship or what should I do about my marriage and it seems like you're seems like you're stumbling around in the darkness well you know what the word of God says in Psalm 119 it says that his word everybody say his word his word is what is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Some of you, you don't know where to go and, and you're, you're, you're in the darkness. And you know what you need to do? You need to turn on the lights. And what is the light? The light is the word of God. You know, it's kind of like, you know, in the old days, you might remember if it was dark and you couldn't see, what did you have to do? You had to like stumble around a little bit, go find the junk drawer. How many have a junk drawer at your house, right? You got to find the junk drawer because somewhere in there, you know, in the junk drawer, you know, there's going to be a flashlight in there, right? And when you get the flashlight, you're just hoping and praying that the batteries in the flashlight, that first of all, there's some in there and that they work because if they don't work or if there's not in there, then you got to go to the other junk drawer, the battery battery junk drawer, right? And you got to find the batteries and you put on the, and, and all that kind of stuff. But nowadays, whenever you can't see anything, what do you do? You just pull out your phone, right? Like, I mean, you just turn it on, you just turn on the light because you carry it around in your pocket 
all the time. And here's, here's the benefit to studying and reading and, and memorizing God's word is this. It's like you have it in your pocket, in your heart all the time. And when you need wisdom for your life, you don't have to stumble through the junk drawer. You don't have to pull out the Bible and go, I know there's a verse somewhere in here for me. No, no. You already have it in your heart. Why should we memorize God's word? Because we, we, we need a weapon. God's word is a weapon to fight temptation. It gives us wisdom to make good decisions. Write this one down, number three. I love this one. Is that sometimes we need a word. Everybody say word. We need a word to hold on to when we're discouraged. How many of you, how many of you, just be honest today. How many of you ever been discouraged before? Raise your hand, come on. Put them down. How many of you are discouraged right now? No, don't raise your hand. I'm just kidding. But here's what, here's what I want you to understand is that if you're not discouraged right now, let me just cheer you up. You will be. I know you're going, Pastor, come on. I mean, be more positive. Okay, I'm positive. You will be discouraged at some point or another in your life. Because the truth is, is in life, you're either, I mean, you're either in a time of discouragement or you're just coming out of a time of discouragement or you're going to go into a time of discouragement. I know you just feel so encouraged today. And yet, let me encourage you here. You ready for the encouraging part is this, is that when you are discouraged, God's word is the encouragement. It is the hope that we need. In fact, this is what the scripture is talking about. Paul is talking about in Romans 15 and verse 4. Look what he says. He says, everything. Everybody say everything. Everything that was written in the past. What's that talking about? It's talking about the Bible. It's talking about God's word. It was written for what? To teach us so that through endurance and what? And encouragement of the scripture, we might have hope. Some of you walked into this place today and you feel discouraged. And and here's the truth is that the encouragement that you need, it's not coming from another vacation. It's not coming from another Netflix binge watching time. It's not coming from some substance that you put in your body to somehow change your mood and change the way that you feel. No, the encouragement that you really need, the encouragement that will really last, the hope that you need is only found in God's word. Some of you, you're discouraged. And you know what you need? You need a word from God. His word was given to us so that through the encouragement of God's word, we might have hope. You know, we talked about this a moment ago in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. It says that God's word is living and active. It's like a double-edged sword. Everybody say double-edged sword. Like a double-edged sword. You know, as you think about that, I think about why is it why is it a double-edged sword? Why not a why not a single-edged sword? I mean, you know, and yet as you study through Scripture, you see that this actual analogy is used many different times. That God's word is is a double-edged sword. In fact, in in Revelation, it talks about how when Jesus returns, he's going to come on a white horse and he's going to open his mouth, and out of his mouth will come a double-edged sword. I mean, cool stuff. That ought to be like in a comic book or something like that, right? And you go, man, that's like, that's weird. Why, why would he have a double-edged sword coming out of his mouth? Why does it say that's a double-edged sword? Well, actually, that word double-edged actually comes from the Greek word. And the Greek word is diastomos. So everybody say diastomos. And the die part of that is two. That word in the Greek, die, means two. But that stomos part in the Greek actually means mouth. You're going, where are you going with this, pastor? I don't get it. God's word is a double mouth 
sword. Well, here's where I'm going with this is that God's word is the most powerful when it comes from two mouths. When it comes from the mouth of God into our heart, but then when we speak it out of our mouth to our circumstance and to our situation, then it becomes a powerful double-edged sword for whatever it is that we are facing. Some of you, some of you right now, you need, you need a double-edged sword in your circumstance. You need a word from God, his word to speak to your heart. And you need to get it in your heart and memorize it so that you can begin to speak it out of your mouth to the circumstance and the situation and the sin and the enemy and the discouragement and the anxiety and the trial and the things that you are facing right now. A double-edged sword to win the battle. Some of you came in today and you're, you're anxious and you're afraid and you need a word of God that the word of God says in 1 Peter 5 and verse 7 that we can cast all our anxieties on the Lord because he cares for us. Some of you came in and maybe you feel sad or you feel down or you've got sorrow and you need the word of God that says in Psalm 147 and verse 3 that he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Some of you came in and you're tired and you're weary and you're worn out and you need God's word that says in Galatians 6, 9, that we should not grow weary in doing good for at the proper time we reap a harvest if we do not give up. We need the word of God in Matthew 11 and 28 that says that we can come to him when we are weary and he will give us rest. Some of you come in and you're frustrated and you need the word of God in Exodus 14 and verse 14 that says the Lord himself will fight your battle for you. Some of you come in and you're hopeless and you need the word of God that says in Isaiah 40 and verse 31 that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. I'm telling you today that there is encouragement. There is hope that only comes from God's word. Why do we need to memorize God's word? Because it's a weapon, a weapon against the temptation that we, that we fight. It's wisdom to make the good decisions that we face in life. It's a word when we are down, when we are discouraged. And whatever we face, we have his word spoken to us. And we can speak his word to whatever circumstances we might face. Number four, write this one down. Why do we need, why do we need to memorize God's word? Because it helps us to witness. Everybody say witness. Memorizing God's word helps us to witness to unbelievers. How many of you have someone that you know that doesn't know the Lord? Come on, raise your hand. A friend, a neighbor, a family member, someone that you know that doesn't know the Lord. Guess what? God put them in your life. He put you in their life so that you can be a witness to them. You know, one of the greatest ways that we can witness to those around us is that is that we can begin to speak God's word to and over their lives. And I'm not talking about being weird and going, hey, let me tell you what the Bible says and let me quote scripture to you. But what I'm saying is I'm saying when you have God's word in your heart, you know what happens? It begins to come out in things that you say and in things that you do. And it begins to become a witness to the people around you. And God has given us his word for this very reason, in fact, this is what the scripture says in 1 Peter 3 and verse 15. And I'll give you a little, a little cheat sheet. This is going to be one of our memory verses in a few weeks. You might want to work ahead. Look, look what it says. It says, always be prepared. Everybody say prepared. This is a Boy Scout scripture. Always be prepared to give an, give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. See, this is what this series is really all about. The fact of the matter is, is that God's word changes lives. God has given his word so that it can be a witness to people who are un. 
believers, our friends, our neighbors, our family, the people that we know, but not just that, people around the world that don't know and don't have God's word. And that's, that's our goal for this series, that, that we would get God's word in our hearts, that it would begin to come out of our mouths to people around us, and that we would be doing our part to make sure that we are giving access to people around the world who don't have access to God's word. And the sad fact of the matter is, is that we take God's word for granted so much. In fact, I came across a statistic a couple of years ago that basically says this, that most Christians, only 19% of Christians actually read their Bible on a daily basis. I mean, think about that for a minute. Like, we have, we have it in our pockets. There's, there's like 48 or 50, something like that, different even versions of it right there on the YouVersion Bible app. And we have it, most of you have a Bible at home or two or three on the shelf. If not, you have access to it very easily. And yet, only 19%, that means 81% of all Christians don't read their Bible on a regular basis. And yet there are people in the world who have a desire and a hunger for God's word deep down inside of them. And yet their only problem is that they don't have access to it. In fact, I heard a story a few, a few years ago about people in China who it's very difficult to get the Bible into China. It's, it's illegal to carry them in. And so you could be thrown in jail for that. And so People will smuggle Bibles into China, and sometimes it's difficult to get a whole Bible there. And so what they'll do is they'll take little portions of the Scripture. Just, they'll just cut out little pieces of the Bible, little four-by-four four squares, and they'll put them in their shoe, or they'll wad them up, and they'll put them in their sock or in their, somewhere in their pocket or something so that it's difficult to detect, and they'll get them into China, and then they'll give them to the Christians in the underground church there in China, and they'll take these little four-by-four-inch squares of God's Word, and it becomes like their most precious possession that they have, and they'll read it, and they'll memorize it, and they'll read it over and over and over to the point where they don't even need to read it anymore because they have it already memorized in their heart, and then they'll go to someone else in the underground church and they'll trade their little four by four inch square of of God's word with the other person until they've traded it around and they begin to get God's word deep down in their hearts and here we are in America and we have access but we don't have the hunger in our heart and there are people in the world who have this deep desire in their heart for more of God's word and yet they don't have access and here's what this this series and this month is really all about is saying let's do something about that Let's get a hunger in our hearts for God's word. And let's do our part to make sure that people in the world that don't have God's word have access to it in a language that they can understand. I want to finish with this this video. I've showed you this video before, probably over the last couple of years, showed it more than once, and yet there are many of you who have joined the LifeGate family since last year, and I want to show it to you again. It's really kind of the worst quality video. You can see the picture is grainy and... And yet, in this really low-quality video, you can see something incredibly powerful. The video is of people in China who, after some Bibles were brought in, smuggled in, they have them in a box, and they open up the box, and they're handing out the box to the people in China in the underground church. And I want you to to just see their reaction. Check it out. So convicting. Here they are. The first thing they do when they get the Bible is kiss it, hug it, sit down, begin to read it. My hope is that this month, throughout the month of July, that we would just begin to get a hunger in our heart like that, hunger in our heart 
for God's word, and it would stir us so much that we would, that we would want to do our part to get the life-changing word of God to people around the world who don't have it or don't have it in a language that they can read and understand for themselves. It's one of the core values around here at LifeGate. We believe that God's word changes lives. And this month, if nothing else, we're gonna, we're gonna memorize five scriptures. We're going to learn how to even spend a few minutes a day reading the word of God. We're gonna give of our of our own hard-earned money. I know some of you go $150 this month. I can't do that. We could do that. I mean, that's a cup of coffee per day. That's a few so a couple of sodas a day and $5 a day, really. Some of you could do more than that. Some of you own businesses and your businesses could do not 15 Bibles, 150 Bibles. You could do much more than that. Some of you as families could get together and even... Moms and dads, you could challenge your kids and say, what could we do? Hey, could you, hey, you could mow some yards or you could, you know, clean up some people's garages or whatever to somehow say, hey, we're going to, we're going to not only spend time in God's word, but we're going to get God's word into places and into the hands of people who don't have it so that not only can our lives be changed, but people around the world, their lives can be changed and at the end of this month, we'll be able to stand up and say, we give $20,000. That's, that's 2,000 fire Bibles. It's 2,000 lives that can be changed. Pastor, we can't do that. Well, last year we did 18,000. I think this year we could do 20, don't you think?